Welcome to the Mind Power Podcast, a space where we're on a mission to positively impact your life by helping you increase your mental toughness and emotional resilience. To help you do so, here are your hosts and Mind Power coaches, Steph and Shay. So, we're going to be talking about embracing the suck. Yes, which is out right. of chapter three of our book. I have to say, probably the most fun. It was all fun. Yeah. But this was, this was cool. This was like, I, I totally like went back in time to a moment that really, really challenged me. Speaking of work ethic, mm-hmm, commitment, mm-hmm, follow through, mm-hmm. ownership, right? And, um, and when I was writing this section, like it flowed, like I had, I had music on and I felt so highly motivated and it just like flowed. Like my unconscious mind was just flowing like out my fingertips and it was crazy. It was like, it was like hyperdrive. But anyway, um, so, so, uh, I, I remember creating, um, you know, it just came to me. I was like, oh my gosh, this story has got to be in the book whenever chapter three has to do with getting comfortable being uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Because this was this was probably one of the most uncomfortable moments in my whole life. I mean, in my absolute whole life. And and this was doing a um, <clears throat> doing uh, one of the triathlons. Shay and I have done many, uh, but it's one of the triathlons that we did, which is actually well known in the um, you know the the multi circuit. kind of the circuit or the uh, multi sport arena or the um, uh, you know, triathlon arena as being one of the most difficult. Mm-hmm. And it is at Donner Pass, right? It, it starts at Donner Lake. And well, it's not, is, it's not Donner Pass. It's technically the Donner Lake Triathlon. But yeah, it, there is a pass, but it's not the main pass, like the Highway 15 pass. But what is that highway that goes? 80. Uh, highway 80. Oh, no. Hi- no, hi- no. I don't know. The 80 is the main one. Yeah. And then there's that like country road, mountain road, which is yeah. the old pass. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so anyway. This this is an insane um, uh, triathlon, and we were all trained for it, and we were all prepared for it, and and um, <clears throat> talk about a challenge. And so I'd I'd like to read it from the book. So I'm actually gonna uh, do an excerpt directly from the book, um, so that I can read it to you. Some of you have maybe read it before, uh, and so we have got to review it because some of you have not. And. For those of you who don't know where Donner Lake is, it's uh, basically the the pass that goes between uh, California and Nevada, and it's uh, it's actually if you know the uh, Donner Party story, right, where the immigrants were coming over um, from basically the east to the west, they had to not really immigrants, but well, sorry, not immigrants. <laughs> Pioneers. pioneers. That's the word I meant. The pioneers. <laughs> yeah, they yeah. had to, you know, come over and uh, they got stuck over the pass, the Donner Pass. And it's an interesting story if you don't know it. Um, they, What did they do to survive? They actually... Had to do cannibalism. Cannibalism um, <clears throat> with their fellow um, people in their party who had passed. So um, it's quite Oof. an... Quite a, uh, talk about some mind power and mental toughness, right. To survive and get through. And, um, they, they, they got stuck in this, you know, just huge snowstorm. And I'm sure you know the story. The winter, if not, you can look it up. Just look up the Donner party. Mm-hmm. Um, so, 
So anyway, so, so anyway, that's where this um, event took place was in the Sierra Nevada mountains. N- in no way, shape, or form is the event like connected to that no, situation no, 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 or no, no, anything. No. We're just giving you a little bit of the history. Um, it, it is it is uh, like Arctic. It can be Arctic cold um, in yeah. this area, and I mean uh, unreal in terms of um, you know the amount of snow and the amount of cold. And yeah. So, so let me let me read this to you because I want you to get the feeling um, of of this whole event, what happened. Then you're going to understand what we mean whenever we say embrace the suck. So this is from chapter three from the section called embrace the suck. Okay, so before I start, I have to say um, I broke a sweat while I was writing this because I was reliving the experience, and there was such a um, an increase of of adrenaline and I mean just all the feeling good hormones too at the same time. But I remember when I was writing it, it was it was insane. <laughs> yeah. It was absolutely insane. So so I had to say that like it was just this is such a powerful story. Um, you know, be prepared because you're about to go on a journey with us. And um, you might get a chance to feel kind of like what I felt while I was typing it, which is just a fraction of what I felt whenever I was actually living it. Okay. Okay, so here we go. So Shay and I both learned the true depths of leaping out of our comfort zones when we both committed to a triathlon in 2007. It took place on the banks of the freezing cold Donner Lake, just below the summit between Lake Tahoe and Sacramento, California. We had been training for this triathlon for over a year, but to say that we were unprepared, it would be a crazy understatement. Despite our intense training regimen, nothing could prepare us for leaping into this unknown and literally leap into an unknown. A planned uncomfortable, because remember, this whole chapter is about get comfortable being, being uncomfortable. uncomfortable. So a planned uncomfortable would lead to a much more unplanned uncomfortable. So let's set the scene a bit. So Shay was already tra- uh, trained and seasoned long distance runner. I don't know if you know that about Shay. And, um, you know, actually later on in our book, we'll, we, she actually tells the story of a marathon that she ran. Yep. Right. And um, that might be one of her first real introduction. Do you think it was one of your first introductions to mental toughness? Uh, yeah. One of the one bigger of? ones. Yeah. yeah, for sure. And uh, mind power. Yeah. So, Definitely. so personally, um, long distance running was never my thing. I was a sprinter, right? Right. Always a sprinter. Right. Um, and I was able to reach top speeds and short bursts. Now, that's why I was a competitive right wing on the soccer team growing up and a competitive tennis player, always about sprinting, right? So my athletic strength was all about sprints and speed with one exception, cycling, right? Um, I was always amazed at the mental toughness and strength of the Tour de France cyclists. So at the same time Shay was scaling long distance runs, I began to push my limits cycling over 100 miles on a Saturday stroll. Right. Would go and do like what is called a century. Right. So swimming was also never my strong suit. I didn't suck like I wouldn't drown, um, (laughs) though I wasn't great. Right. Uh, Shay, on the other hand, was quite the all star fish in the water. Uh, She she actually raced competitively growing up and definitely could hold her own in the swimming portion of a triathlon. So Shay taught me how to swim and run. I taught her how to cycle. Cool. Right. So, so there we were, all suited up in our wetsuits on a cold morning in the Sierra Nevada mountains. We were excited about this triathlon at Donner Lake. Every year on January 1st, Shay and I, we set goals outside of our comfort zone. You all know that about us. And all of our clients, we teach them how to do the same. 
So we've been doing this since the day that we met. In this particular year, we not only decided to stretch our limits and jump out of our comfort zone by doing another triathlon, we had done plenty before this one. We both wanted to place, this is important, but by the way, place means ranking first, second, or third. Um, we wanted to place first, second, or third in the group. And this one, and we wanted to do it in the Donner one, which is a really tough one to just do, let alone place, mm-hmm. and experience what it would be like to stand atop the podium. So we trained on location for days leading up to the event and made sure we were acclimated to the elevation, which is about 7,000 feet. So the air temperatures and the water temperatures, um, we wanted to make sure that we, we felt what it was going to feel like, right, in terms of the air, in terms of water. Okay. Follow me here. Here is the problem. So our training days happen to be on warmer days, right? Which also warmed up the top layer of the water a bit too, making the dive into the water considerably more comfortable. It's like, ooh, this is comfortable, right? So it gave us a false confidence since a cold front was rolling in, unbeknownst to us, right? We felt prepared and we felt strong. We felt ready. But we weren't. No, we weren't. Oh my goodness. So on race morning when we woke up, there was a thick cloud cover in the sky. And the temperature had dropped significantly. I had no clue how cold that lake water would be, even with a wetsuit. Like, we we were doing this one with a wetsuit. But we were about to find out. So the starting gunshot fired. Right? And I sprinted, doing what I do best. I'm sprinting towards the water real fast. And I was the first to dive in. So all of a sudden, I remember I went into the water, and I was like, it was so cold oh my goodness oh my goodness um ron williams says i like donner lake it's in my backyard fierce cold Mm -hmm. (laughs) so so i was like holy shiitake it was freezing cold like the type of cold that numbs you the second you come into contact with it after of course you experience the shocking feeling of pins and needles all over your body the warm top layer in the lake from the previous day was gone entirely no (laughs) No more warm water. Nope. My body was in total shock, from, like both from having not expected the water to be so frigid, but also from the abrupt freezing temperature. I couldn't get a full breath. I was like, <gasps> I felt frozen and paralyzed by the chill. And I wasn't the only one. I looked around and saw racers I knew. I mean, ones that we saw were top swimmers in other events with their eyes wide open, mouths like this. <gasps> like a lot of people were in shock. <clears throat> So we had all leaped into the unknown, in this case, into the frigid water. My mental toughness was wavering from the get-go, and my mind power was temporarily temporarily powered down. The cold had zapped my mental cheerleader, which meant unpleasant thoughts were roaring through my head. My self-talk was downright horrible. I was saying things like, you're not going to be able to do this. Um, you're going to fail. Uh, why didn't you train harder? You should just give up now. Um, there's no way this is going to end well. <laughs> I mean, literally with every detrimental thought, my body felt weaker and weaker. It got worse. I know, right? How? Right? You're wondering? Well, my wetsuit that had fit perfectly, which means not too loose where you would create drag and not too tight where you can't breathe. The day before, it was perfect, right? Um, in the warmer conditions, now actually felt slightly too big. Follow me here, okay? Stay with me. So this was my first cold water triathlon. I had never encountered this obstacle. This was a first, yeah? There's a metaphor there, by the way, so pay attention. My body had constricted a bit in the cold water, creating space between my skin and the wetsuit material. Space that the ice water whooshed right inside of the wetsuit. Ooh, 
This created an immense drag. Not only was I trying to hold my own body through the race, but I'd now accumulated some significant and freezing water weight. You see, I tried, keyword, (laughs) to half swim before the group behind caught up. But the drag on the wetsuit was like a weight pulling me downward into the water. I was moving as slow as a snail. In hindsight, this must have been pretty funny to see from a bird's eye view. An okay swimmer thrashing about weakly in a wetsuit bloated with cold water. They probably would have sent a rescue (laughs) squad, right? So then it happened. The massive group of racers, I thought I was beating thanks to my quick sprint into the water. They snuck up on me like, like a crowd. I realized then that I was swimming slower than I ever had. Yeah? Whack! An elbow, it hit me in my head from behind. I remember, just like that. Pow! I got kneed in the groin. This was, of course, unintentional. Um, no one was picking a fight with me in these waters. Instead, these these were just swimmers um, with their heads down, swimming through the water, doing the best they could, and I was a laying duck. I must have been hit at least a dozen times all over my body in defense. I curled up in a fetal position, and I sunk deep into the cold, dark waters. Sometimes you have to embrace the suck, my good buddy Corey had once told me. Yeah. So side note, Corey, he was part of the Army Rangers, which is a special operations force. They are an elite light infantry unit tasked with missions like direct action raids, airfield seizures, reconnaissance, and personnel recovery. Corey made hundreds of halo, which means high altitude, low opening jumps, He was the epitome of walking mind power, and he humbled me often with his stories jumping out of planes, I mean up to 35,000 feet up in the air, oxygen assisted, (sighs) on missions, right? He couldn't tell me the locations or details of his jumps because they were still classified. Pretty cool, right? He had said, when you're stepping out into the black abyss on a night jump, For the very first time, with an oxygen mask strapped to your face, you betcha, you're absolutely effing scared, he said. Is it uncomfortable? He said, you bet you're, you know what, you know, it's uncomfortable. You just need to embrace the suck, get with it, and put on your big boy pants, he said, then jump. So I've been skydiving once before, but obviously it was a tandem jump with an experienced skydiver firmly attached to me. Right. Um, he's in charge of the parachute and the mechanical portion of the experience. So compared to Corey's experience, it wasn't really, 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 really skydiving. I'd call it kind of like a recreational joyride. Right. You've exactly. done it before, right? That's exactly what it is. So if I had someone to lean on, um, so uh, it's, it's, I had someone to lean on. I mean, whenever, you know, you're doing it tandem, right? So I wasn't in control. I was just along for the experience. By contrast, I couldn't imagine what it had to be like to make that jump, meaning Corey's jump. 35,000 feet dark. Yeah. No full moon. Oxygen assisted. Are you kidding me? So into the darkness of the night all by yourself after standing at the edge of a plane and peering into the abyss below. Anytime I'm in a situation where I'm making a massive leap out of the comfort zone, I hear Corey's voice in my head. Sounds like this. Embrace the suck, Steph. Get with it. Put on your big boy pants, I heard echoing through my head as I was sinking in the cold lake. I found something deep inside of me. I pulled it from the deepest wells of my being. Truthfully, it might have been strength left in my big toe, maybe. (laughs) I don't know. Or maybe it was soul level, right? 
I still don't know where it came from, but I dug so damn deep within myself and hoisted my body in water-filled wetsuit right up on top of the water. I was the last person in my group swimming as, as hard and fast as I could. Everyone else was swimming on way out in front of me, right? I chose to forget about the drag my wetsuit was creating and the water flowing into the wetsuit because it was mm. doing no good to keep my mind worrying about it. I was just focused on a problem and focused on the problem, focused on the problem, not allowing me to just create a solution. I pulled hand over hand, kicked as swiftly as I could. I had new strategic thinking. Catch up, coast behind the group and draft a little bit. I remember I just kept saying to myself, embrace the suck. You got this, Steph. Come on. Thanks to my mind power and only my mind power, I made it to the group and coasted behind them for the final third of the water portion. I knew the bike portion would be my opportunity to make up time. In the transition area, I wrestled my wetsuit off. Oh my goodness. It was such a relief to get it off. I grabbed my bike and jogged toward the road where the bike portion of the race would begin. I squeezed a sugary goo pack into my mouth, <laughs> right, um, for a little nutrition, ready to rise above the previous part of the race. It was just a setback in my rearview mirror. And my bike and I were about to ride right back to the front of the pack. My goal for the day wasn't yet lost. Then as I got onto the bike, the rain started to fall and the wind began to howl right into my face. Seriously? I literally screamed. My voice lost in the wind as it whipped around me. I was shivering erratically. This is the coldest I had ever been in a triathlon. And the fact that my body hadn't yet warmed up from the polar bear plunge was only <laughs> making matters worse. Now, the interesting thing about the biking leg for this triathlon is there's a four mile, 1,125 foot climb that starts almost immediately after you hop on your bike. And this isn't a gradual climb. It gives you no time to warm up. There's no warm up no, laps here. Like... It's steep and unforgiving. And the thing about warming up, your body really truly does need that time to get warm blood pumping so you can perform at your best. Well, all the muscles in my legs were still like icicles. <laughs> I'm serious. And as hard as I pushed, the cold rain and wind kept them at frosty temperatures. It was beating me in my face, beating me on my legs, and I'm just shivering. So have you ever been so cold your body was convulsing out of control? Like there I am. Imagine this. Um, this is me cycling. And, and I'm sitting there and I'm like, like, like wild convulsing. Um, it, was, it was wild. So that was me on a bike. It was as shaky as you can imagine. And so every single time my hands on the steering wheel, um, on the handlebars going up, right? Up the hill and I'd convulse. I'd, I'd, I'd almost fall over. This is supposed to be my, my easy portion, by the way, because remember I'm a cyclist. So my legs locked up screaming at me to please give up. And yet I knew I couldn't stop. I knew it. I knew it in my bones. I said, embrace the suck, Steph. You got this. Come on, push, 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 push. You got this. I repeated to myself in my mind over and over and over again. I had never been in so much pain in my life. Never, not once. It was pure misery. <clears throat> Negative thoughts almost slipped in around the cracks of Corey's voice. So I turned the volume and the speed up of that internal dialogue with Corey in my ear. Embrace the suck, Steph. Get with it. Put on your big boy pants. I let nothing, no thought of giving up, no thought of the pain, infiltrate the rock hard mental dialogue I was pumping out. It was just me and Corey. Me and Corey. Embrace the suck. 
I put the bike on a lower gear and pedaled up to steep grade. Go, 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 Steph. Come on, get after it. Push, push, push. I zoned out and everything opened up. I swear my visual awareness was so vast it circled 360 degrees around my body. For those of you who know what I'm talking about, I was in perpetual mind power state, right? So it took far too long, but eventually my legs got with the program and warmed up. So I increased to a bigger gear and I pulled and pushed and pulled the pedals. I found my cadence on the climb, right? Remember, cycling was my strength. It was game on. My father was from Switzerland, so I did everything I could to channel my alpine blood within. I pushed harder and I settled into the discomfort, creating a new comfort within. Eventually, it's time for the loop back. And I pushed and pushed and pushed. The final bike portion was down the same road I came up. So think about that. Steep, remember? Mm-hmm. And now it was time to ride down the steep grade. Easy, right? In the clear? Not so much. The winds of momentum would carry me. Ha! This triathlon didn't let me off that easily. No way. Have you ever been on a bike going downhill for four miles straight, zipping around turns at 45 degree angles off the pavement and hitting top speeds? I'm talking like 45 miles per hour. Well, I hope not because it was dangerous and I don't recommend it. Um, Add in the slick roads and you have a recipe for potential disaster. The water on the pavement made my bike tires squirrely a few times. Like literally I'm going down and, and I'd have one of those, right? Where was the comfort zone now? Ha! It was so far behind me on my timeline during this event that I couldn't fathom what the heck it even was. What comfort zone? Right. After almost falling off the bike several times, I finally, and an emphasis on the finally, I made it back to the transition area. Now, we're almost done, right? One time more portion. to run. Now it's time to run. I squeeze another sugary goo pack in my mouth, right? For some energy and some nutrition. I've been crazy enough to endure this pain before so many times in so many different triathlons, though I kept going back for it again and again. Right. What were we thinking? <laughs> I, <don't know. laughs> I knew what was waiting on the other side. And the fact that I had done so many, um, it gave me an inner confidence. If I've done it before, I can do it again. This time, however, it was different all around. The rain started pouring down harder, creating sheets of a torrential downpour. And the wind picked up more. As I sprinted out of the transition area, I slipped on the same grass and mud uh, from the whole mess. And my feet came out from underneath me. Thud. I hit the ground, bruising my tailbone. But I gripped my teeth, shook it off, and got back on the path. As I became accustomed to the feel of my feet on the pavement, I noticed a sharp pain. The blisters on my feet were ripping open. Have you ever had that happen? Uh How does it feel? Horrible. Is it fun? No. No, not so much. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So, so... um, I gave the pain a split second of attention. Embrace the suck, Steph. Get with it. Put on your big boy pants. Come on! I yelled out loud while I was running. And this time... Didn't care if anyone thought I was nuts. Hmm. I I mean, at this point, we all had to be nuts, to be honest. The combination of Corey's voice and mine in my ear was working. Suddenly, my feet numbed. Uh, It numbed out the sensation that razor blades were cutting into my feet. Running wasn't my best skill, though I could keep up. At this point, I was probably more than a dozen people back from a podium spot. Not too shabby for a guy who had been dead last in the swimming portion. Embrace the suck, Steph. Get with it. Put on your big boy pants. Come on. As I'm yelling this out loud, a swift runner speeds past me and I tuck in and I cruise behind him at a faster cadence than I've ever actually run before. Comfort zone? What comfort zone? 
My legs were cramping up so badly, I swore they were going to lock up. And I'd take a nosedive into the asphalt. Mm. And that would be it. All done. All the training, all the adversity, and all the crap I broke through. Done. Go, 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 Steph. Come on. Get after it. Push, push, push. You do have more within you. Come on. Find it. Get after it. I screamed. The other runner um, and I were taking turns leading each other back and forth, back and forth. This was a strategic move to keep each other moving and to pass virtually everyone on the course. We kept passing people. And eventually, there were only about 600 yards left in the race. Listen, I can't explain this level of pain I was experiencing. It threatened to like literally shatter me. I mean, shatter me. Any endurance athlete or military personnel that went through a hell week is sure to know what pain I'm talking about. But this was the moment. Believe it or not, I was in a new comfort zone. You got that? I decided to keep that commitment to myself to get a podium spot. Good news. Sprinting was deeply embedded in my DNA. I had this 300 more yards. I looked back at my temporary running buddy and I took off, hitting faster speeds on my feet than I've ever experienced. I felt like my leg muscles were going to break through my skin, like Mm. literally just pop through them. I could feel the blisters ripping wider open on my feet, 100 more yards left. I could see three guys in front of me that I knew were in my age group. I had no clue where I pulled it from, but I started running faster, faster. Bye-bye, recent comfort zone. Let's go. Embrace the suck, Steph. Get with it. Put on your big boy pants. Come on, come on. Go, 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 Steph. Come on, get after it. Push, 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 push. You do have more within you. Get after it, I exclaimed. The voice got louder and louder and louder and louder, growing with every quick step I'd take, creating a surge of sheer willpower that rose from within my being, creating explosive energy. I passed the three guys and sprinted across the line, barely passing my final opponent. I felt relief flood my body as I realized I was past the finish line. I slowed down to a jog, promptly, I literally just fell into the grass, literally just fell into the grass. I had finished. I couldn't believe it. I wasn't sure if I got a podium spot considering how much time I'd lost on the swim. I waited for what felt like like 10 hours to find out. My mind was racing. Had I done it? I waited and waited while throwing every like food and electrolyte filled drink down my throat so I could replenish minerals, fluids, nutrition. I waited until I heard. I waited and finally, second place. Stefan The announcer butchered my name, but I didn't care. Um, Shay also got to stand on the podium when the women's names were called. Third place, Shayla. We had defied all odds and accomplished such an incredible feat during crazy circumstances. We pushed it, both of us, and experienced so many breakthroughs along the way as we embraced the suck, broke through many comfort zones, and found a new level of mental toughness and mind power within. There were so many uncertainties that day, but what we remained sure of was that we would give it all we had to stand on that podium and accomplish our big goal. And embrace the suck in the meantime. That's what you got to do. Hey, Mind Power Podcast listeners, it's Steph here. Inside this podcast, we've taken you on countless journeys of insight, reflection, and transformation. We've spoken about releasing the things that hold us back optimizing our health, making the most of our time, achieving our big effing goals, and most importantly, becoming the best version of ourselves. However, we feel like we can do more. So many people in the world are staying in unfulfilling jobs, living paycheck to paycheck, and barely getting by and living in a place of fear, anger, doubt, and no hope of things ever getting better. At a time when stress, 
overwhelm and scatterness are the new normal, people are seeking certainty, clarity, and guidance more than ever. And who better to provide that than a trained mind power coach? If you're looking to transform your passion into a lucrative coaching business, take back control of your financial future, and help others regain their hope, then the Mind Power Summit is your golden ticket. Register for free at mindpowersummit.com. That's mindpowersummit.com. We'll see you at the top.